Welcome to Pediatric Voices, Duke Children's podcast about kids' health care. Now here's our host, Dr. Angelo Malazzo. Hello and welcome to Pediatric Voices, a podcast that dives deeply into conversation with the people who make up the Duke Children's Healthcare team. I'm Dr. Angelo Malazzo, a pediatric cardiologist and professor of pediatrics at Duke Children's and a co-host of the show. My friend and the other co-host is Dr. Richard Chung. Richard is a pediatric and adolescent medicine specialist and a professor of pediatrics here at Duke Children's. We're both here to bring you expert insights about timely topics in children's health. On this episode of Pediatric Voices, let's look at the topic of summer safety. As we're recording this, it's the first official week of the summer season. To pediatricians, summertime means the end of the school year, It means vacations, some time with family and friends, and of course, in contrast to all that fun, some potentially dangerous situations as well. Kids will be swimming, biking, traveling, going to parties, doing all sorts of things, and of course, not to mention some of the potentially dangerous things, which we will talk about with our guest today. And so to help us understand this, I'm talking with Dr. Emily Greenwald, a physician and faculty member here at Duke Children's. Dr. Greenwald is a pediatric emergency medicine physician. In other words, a physician with training both in pediatrics and in the care of children with medical emergencies. Dr. Greenwald is an assistant professor of pediatrics in the Duke University School of Medicine. She is a key member of our division of emergency medicine and the medical director of the Pediatric Emergency Department at Duke University Hospital here in sunny Durham, North Carolina. Dr. Greenwald teaches in our Improvement Science Leadership course. She is widely published. She has won several professional awards, and she serves as a mentor to other pediatricians, to our trainees, and to our medical students. And that's only some of what Dr. Greenwald does. So without further ado, welcome, Emily. It's a pleasure to have you today on Pediatric Voices. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. How does it feel to be an early guest on this still very new show? Yeah, it's an honor, really. I've never been on a podcast before, although I've listened to plenty of them and enjoy them. So it's interesting to be on the other side of things and contemplating what I want to share with the world about pediatric emergency medicine and summer safety. Well, I'm excited to have you here, of course. So let's start with your origin story, Emily. How did you get interested and involved just generally with the care of children? Let's start there. I've always been sort of a child at heart, I'll admit, which I think many pediatricians are. And I actually was a paramedic before medical school. And so I was involved in the emergencies that occur for all sorts of people right from the start. But I found that I was drawn to children. And thankfully, as a paramedic 911 service, I didn't have to respond to too many pediatric emergencies because they can be terrifying when you don't have specialty training to take care of children in those situations. But then in medical school, I realized that there was training to be had. I could become a pediatrician and then further subspecialize to be prepared to take care of children with all sorts of medical emergencies and injuries. And I feel proud to be able to help children and their families when those things occur. I wish they didn't, but I feel proud to be there with the team that can take care of them. Emily, I think it's very interesting that you were a emergency medical technician in a previous life. That is, from my perspective, not the most common route into medicine. Can you talk a little bit about how one thing led to the next? 
So I had an interest in going to medical school, actually, and pursuing medicine, but I had eight years off. I say off, but I was certainly working hard. I actually ran my own company in between undergrad and medical school, building houses, buying 100-year-old row homes in Philadelphia, and ripping out the guts of them, so to speak, and redoing them. And it was physical work, and it was creative work, and I loved that, but I wanted to do something more. And so I became a volunteer EMT and just an EMT basic, which they don't have as many skills and don't do quite as much as a paramedic and found that I really loved that. And then as I found, you know, I really want to do something different and more with my life. I went ahead and went to paramedic school while I did what I would call a dust off of all of my books from college, organic chemistry, et cetera, and then took the MCAT and applied to medical school. So absolutely true that this is not the usual route that many folks take to medicine, but I think it made me a unique applicant and definitely I have a different perspective than other physicians at times. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I enjoy being a member of the Duke Children's team because I get to work with people who just have amazing experiences and backgrounds outside of medicine. So I really appreciate you digging into that a little more deeply for us. So let's jump into the topic at hand. And I want to start, Emily, by getting your overall perspective on the scope and the extent of the problem of summer safety for children. Yeah, I mean, the scope is huge. I was thinking about what should we talk about for the limited time during a podcast? And probably we could do an entire podcast series on summer safety and break it up into individual sessions. And so what I'd like to do is hit some of what I think are the most important points from the perspective of seeing the result of some of these emergencies and pediatric patients coming to the emergency room from summer safety events and injuries, I will call them. And then also potentially if there are any show notes that we could add, we could put some resources in for families, pediatricians alike, for further resource and reading that have to do with this. And when I think about summer safety and when I think about the summer, even as a pediatric emergency medicine physician, we kind of have two seasons in our emergency room. One is winter, where we have a lot of respiratory viral illnesses and really medical or illness-based emergencies are showing up more than any other kind. People aren't outside as much. They aren't at the pool. They aren't going across monkey bars, things like that. Versus in the summer, the type of patients that we see actually changes quite a bit. And so we see many more injury-based emergencies. Some of them are preventable and some of them aren't. And so talking through today, how I think we can reduce the risk for children. I don't want to come on here and say that a child should never go across the monkey bars because that's a whole lot of fun. But there are certain things when we think of safety that are higher risk and certain things I don't think any child should ever do. And then certain things where a parent can step in or a caregiver can step in and really put certain things in place to help lower the risk or mitigate the risk for partaking in that fun activity. Emily, our audience is probably more familiar with the emergency department than most other areas of the hospital, both through personal experience and also through the media. I mean, every medical show or movie seems to include something about what it's like to be an emergency physician. Can you give us your perspective on a typical summer day or night in the emergency department? What is it actually like? It's busy. It takes a lot of energy. I'm constantly up out of my chair, seeing patients, meeting families, 
advancing the care of each individual patient and family and trying to figure out who is the most sick or injured who needs my attention first and who is second, who's been waiting a long time that maybe has a more minor injury, but we need to take care of. And so it's exhilarating. It sometimes can be heartbreaking. There are certainly emotions involved. From the point of view of a family, it can be scary. And so part of my job and part of the job of the entire team of the emergency department is to try to help patients and families understand what each step is, understand what their illness or injury is, and make them feel as comfortable as they can in what is by definition, a very uncomfortable environment. But I would say the word bustling is a word that probably characterizes the average summer evening. So if we think about what some of those common injuries are that bring children and their families to the emergency department, what can families do by way of prevention, by way of thinking ahead so that they don't wind up in your care if they can avoid it? So when I think about this, even for my own children, I have three of my own children and I'm thinking about always the balance between having fun and doing summer activities and keeping them safe. And I think that that's in the front of any caregiver's mind for children. And so the biggest, riskiest activity for children, one of them is swimming, being exposed to water. And certainly I want my own children to be able to have fun in the water, but I also want to think of how do I keep them safe? And I have in my family, everything from an infant up to an eight-year-old who's a very good swimmer. And so water safety is a huge topic for the summer. And then you break it down into further categories. There's the ocean where you've got riptides and currents to be aware of. You've got swimming pools with lifeguards. You've got buckets full of water left out that a toddler could fall into, actually. And then you've got things like lakes where you can't really see below the surface unless you've found the most crystal clear lake, which I'm sure a few exist in North Carolina, but I haven't seen many. And so thinking through how can I keep my child safe? The major thing for me is any child who is not an extremely strong swimmer should have what's called touch supervision. And so that literally means that there is an adult caregiver in the water with that child within a touch reach. And even at the swimming pool, there is a lifeguard that needs to keep track of many children in the pool, and that's a real challenge. So touch supervision, appropriate life jackets if you're on a boat or in a lake, talking with your kids about the boundaries and limits within the water, coming out for breaks, those sorts of things. I saw recently an idea about a water watcher card where if there are a number of adults that are going to help watch the children, you can pass this card because when adults are distracted, they can't watch children as closely in the water. You may have a conversation with a friend and suddenly you've lost track of the children you're supposed to be keeping an eye on. And so if you have this card in your hand, it's your turn to have complete supervision of your kids. And then you could pass it to the next adult because it can be exhausting the level of supervision it requires to keep children safe in the water. Emily, can you say a few things about specific activities that children should avoid? And I mean, avoid altogether. So I'm thinking about things like firearms, fireworks, riding a bicycle or a skateboard without a helmet, those types of activities. Which would you point to as these so-called unavoidables? So while there are a number of things that we can participate and have our children participate in that are fun and that can be safe if done properly, like swimming, monkey bars, even trampolines when you've got one kid jumping 
There are a number of items that I like to mention to families and that I am very careful about with my own children, such as fireworks. It's good to view them from a distance in a public display, but they can be very dangerous for children if they're anywhere close to them. And there's really no way to reduce that risk. Another is firearms, so guns. And so when my children go to a friend's house to play, I actually text the family a list of questions, just a few. And I say, you know, my children are really curious and I've been advised by my pediatrician to ask if there's any unsecured firearms in your home. And that's a safety question that you should feel free to ask before your children play at any person's house. And certainly if you have any firearms yourself, making sure that they're very secure because nothing is more heartbreaking to me as a pediatric emergency physician than an injury to a child that really is preventable. And then finally, just always remembering to have your kids wear a helmet, doing things like biking and following the traffic rules when biking. Biking can be a lot of fun, but it should always be done with a helmet, keeping that in mind for the summer. And then have a ton of fun this summer. There's a lot that you can do safely. Just take that moment to think, is there anything I can do to make this activity more safe? And if so, take a moment to do it. Emily, you mentioned earlier that you have ideas for additional resources for patients and families, and we will try to add those to the show notes for this episode and make those available to our audience. I want to take you out with this question and close out with getting a little bit of a sense of what your inspirations are. So tell me, Emily, what inspires you most in your day-to-day work and life? I think in general, whether I'm at work or whether I'm at home with my own children, it's the resiliency of children in general, how resilient children are. And while we take care of many children in Duke's pediatric emergency department that are even severely injured, what I'm constantly inspired and amazed by is how they can heal and bounce back and go on to live very productive lives, all while keeping the best attitude. And I'd say the other thing that really inspires me really at work is the teamwork and the team in the pediatric emergency department. I work with a number of just really incredible nurses, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, just the team is incredible. And every day I feel proud to be part of that team. And we really couldn't deliver the high quality care that we do without every single member of that team. And so that inspires me every day at work. Emily, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I hope you'll come back and explore this topic with us again. As you said, we could do many shows about the pediatric emergency department and your work. I hope you do not have a busy summer season. Pediatric Voices is brought to you by Duke Children's Hospital and the Department of Pediatrics at the Duke University Medical Center in sunny Durham, North Carolina. The show was created by Dr. Richard Chung and by me, Dr. Angelo Malazzo. Rebecca Casey provided a huge assist. And Rebecca, if you're listening, congratulations on your retirement. Our podcast is produced by Dr. Podcasting. Thanks to Dr. Ann Reed and the team at Duke Children's for their support. You can find the show and hit the subscribe button wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other places. You can connect with us online at DukeChildrens.org, at Facebook forward slash Duke Children's, and at Twitter forward slash Duke underscore Children's. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review. Thanks for being a part of the show. We'll see you next time.